Welcome to Quarantin in Quarantine, written and produced by Practical Fantasists. Episode 4. The Fortress of Not-Quite-Solitude. Plagued by the gloom in which we are trapped without recourse even to wine, it becomes advisable to have a pastime to exercise the faculties with which we are blessed, such as, what are my best faculties? Vigor, courage, beauty, charm, tight hose. <laughs> Leave some space there, Tuzan. Those are only the start. Don't worry, sir. I'm sure I can find some way to fill out the list. I'm so bored. How can it be that no one else is bored? What are they all doing to occupy their time? Well, everyone else is working, sir. Toiling out in the fields or producing essential items from home. The weavers are making facial protective gear. The smiths are inventing cunning devices for the benefit of those who are disadvantaged on account of being turned into stoats. Even some philosophers have turned their quills to parchment with greater fervor than usual. Though, as ever, no one really understands their work. How useful. But surely you don't expect me to take a turn at this spinning wheel. Well, you being a nobleman have the privilege of choice. Since you are not obligated to work for your living, you could simply take up a craft at your leisure and call it a hobby. But I have no interest in performing free labor. In that case, you'd better devote yourself to study? Any number of these volumes might help you to determine why people are being turned into stoats. I didn't know we had handbooks of dark magic. Why are people being killed by rabbits? Illuminators are always putting comments in the margins. First it's killer rabbits, next it's pictures of cats. You know how it is, one monk finds something funny and then suddenly all the monks are doing it. Look at this. Well, that bit's exaggerated. Clearly drawn by a nun. But if you sort of squint... It is that, anyway. A sword-fighting manual? There are an awful lot of swords and positions. No, actually that one's a bestiary, I think. Oh, you're right. They are exceptionally horny. That's strange. I thought I had a whole shelf of these. Where did all my bestiaries go? Perhaps leave the studying for later, sir. If you're going to take on airs, you may as well study the battlements. Lafren? Yes, Lord Quarantin? What are you doing on the battlements? Just preparing some care packages for the peasants. A few packets of seeds in case their crops are failing. Candles. A hand-crocheted puppet in case they're bored. A few dozen turnips. Why turnips? Just for ballast. Oh, and I threw in a bestiary. My bestiary? In case they're faced with any other creatures of dark magic. I want them to be safe, you know. But they can't read. Uh, the peasants, I mean. Definitely the peasants, but also probably the beasts. It's lavishly illustrated. They'll get the picture. And how do you think you're going to deliver these? We'll catapult them from the battlements. Will what? You can't just use my war machines for home deliveries. I don't see why not. I've added some extra cloth for drag. I'm hoping it sort of mushrooms out when they launch it. 
Aim me towards the nearest peasant's cottage, would you? Oh, very well. I don't suppose I can stop you. Although, if catapults have been an option all along, I don't see why we couldn't just strap Gurin to one and send him back to his own lands to bother someone else. Ready? Aim! There's one delivered at any rate. Are you ever going to tell us what happened between you and Gurin? Never. My lips are sealed, save for the fact that it was entirely his fault. That's not exactly what he told me. The treacherous beast! To think I even forgave him for the hair tragedy. Hair tragedy? Well, he never mentioned that. Really? It's like he wasn't even paying attention to me. Serves him right that he went off and became lordly and decided to care about people and get married. Anyway, how is your marriage faring? Is it too early for regrets? Yes, Corentin. What are you doing? I'm lounging seductive. Ah! I've been meaning to fix these crenellations. Perhaps it is time we returned home. Oh, Gorin, didn't see you there behind that overlarge rooftop shrubbery. Though I must say you look better when clad only in greenery. Yes, clearly we've been here too long if you can mistake Gurin for the shrubbery. Huh. Go on, then. I'd like to see you fend for yourselves against the furry menace. It is true that we shouldn't risk bringing the plague to our people. I would not have the rumor circulate that I abandoned my people in their time of need. Or that we had unduly strained our host. You're right, my love. We shouldn't stay. Wait, wait, wait. Why not first send a pigeon? We tried, but we've had no response. The pigeons have gone into hiding. Their favorite prey of stoats. Alas, I wish we had some way of knowing how long all this would last. In the meantime, though, we are blessed to have each other. Yes, we're blessed. Corntan, aren't you supposed to be investigating the cause of the plague? The sooner it's dealt with, the sooner we'll be out of your hair. Well, when you put it that way, all this talk of care packages is making me ravenous. I'll leave you two hopelessly faithful lovebirds to your war machines and shrubbery. Nolwen, what are you doing? Just a bit of kneading, Lord Corentin. I find it one of the best ways to work out one's frustrations. Hmm. Perhaps you'd like to knead me. I don't need anybody. But kneading me might really help. I mean, I'd worship you if you'd work me over like your sweet buns. Give it up, my lord. The only thing that's going to rise to your ridiculous lines is this bread. But I did get a rise out of you. Let me have a go. Oh, fine. Need away. Hey! There's no need for torture. Go recite ten paternosters. Ten? Since when is torturing bread a sin? The way you do it, maybe. But you'll say your prayers if you want your bread to rise. Ten paternosters is the length of time it takes. Prayers not my strength. I'd rather tackle your pies. Cor... You don't need pastry. Of course I need pastry. I've had a tough day. It's barely noon. Anyway, I thought you were busy investigating the cause of the stoat plague. I was. Maybe your buns may contain traces of dark magic. You never know where someone might be cooking up a curse. I'll have you know this kitchen is immaculately cleansed. The only thing that is dark is the rye. 
and the only thing that's wry is your wit. But that is enchanting enough. Isn't there anywhere else you could be for the next eight paternosters? <sighs> Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, alone as you are in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, unless it burns while I'm saying this. And forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against our hospitality and intrude upon the sanctity of our home. Lead us only into the most rewarding types of temptation, and deliver us from stoats. For thine is the power and the glory for ever and ever and ever and ever. And that's enough evers. Amen. <sighs> Ain't more of this? Good God. Coranta? What are you doing? Oh, sorry, I didn't realize you were praying? Brother Brannock, I haven't heard you preach at me for weeks. Have you been ill? No, I've been illuminating. See? I've almost finished inking the little leafy details in the margins of this chronicle. I started with annals, but so much has been happening lately, I knew I had to record more than one entry per year. What's that supposed to be? A fig leaf? Well, no, but it is gold leaf. If you don't mind my saying, brother, the position's a bit off. But if you raise it a bit... It's not about the erection, Lord Corantin, but about taking solace in the act of creation. Thousands of years of master artisans would argue the opposite. Well, a keen eye is always open to appreciating the efforts of God and men, and the beauty that is all around you. And there are always birds and bees to illustrate. They're very calming. Yes, all the birds and bees, and none of them are interested in me. There are other things to life than wooing, you realize. Oh. Name one. Well, what about illumination? I'll admit, until I met you, I wasn't terribly interested in getting up to the things men of God do to amuse themselves. But now I'm thinking I might turn over a new fig leaf for your sake. Or you can keep your hands on your own, paintbrush. I can lend you some gold ink if you like. Or I can leave you to find some guilt-free pleasure. Huh. Greatness can't be overseen. Though it can be overlooked. Corentin, your bread. But greatness will have to wait. And it's out. Is it supposed to be that hard? Well, sir, it'll certainly keep. Perhaps you should give it to your seamen for your next sea voyage. Whenever your ports reopen, that is. Is that to say that no one on land would willingly consume it? You could perhaps use it against your enemies. I wouldn't stoop to poisoning. Not intentionally, anyway. I meant by bludgeoning, my lord. N never mind. Take this basket of bread to a friend. She wants it for the care packages. Excellent. There's the bread. I'll take that to the catapult. Lafran, I've got an idea. We should send the peasants some of Brannock's ink so they can try illuminating. Excuse me, I have to go stop Gurin from painting the town red. Well, thank you, Lord Corentin. What would we do without you, Lord Corentin? How gracious of you to just put your entire castle at our disposal, Lord Corentin. We're managing perfectly without you, Lord Corentin. Go off and pursue your passions, Lord Corentin. So long as they don't include looking fabulous, drinking, more drinking, and making passes, and... and... Complaining? 
I mean really, I'm so good at doing nothing already, why should I try to do anything else? I'm so idle, in fact, I should be idolized. And if no one here seems willing to praise me for it, I might as well be alone. Ah, oh, the crypt. At last, somewhere that is silent as the grave. Let me lie by the tomb of Corentin III, also known as Corentin the Insufferably Talkative, while only mildly soused. No one's favorite lord, but by God he had good taste in tombs. Alas, poor... hang on. Why is there a skull lying about? Who's in charge of keeping this place neat and tidy? Oh, God, don't tell me it's haunted down here. The last thing I need is some pack of moaning ghosts rattling chains and blathering on about revenge when I'm just trying to clear my head. No, 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 no don't you dare go out. Ah, alas. Betrayed by all, even my candle. Well, I do not fear the dark. Uh, actually, yes, I do fear the dark a little bit. Who's there? Quarantine? Oh, God! Please tell me that's a disembodied voice from the depths of hell. What are you doing down here? Oh, Gurren, how did you find me down here? Quarantine, you never were the silent type. Well, you needn't have come all this way just for the sake of rescuing me. I didn't. Has no one ever told you that your place is like a maze? Why are you hiding out among the dead? This place gives me the shivers. Let's go. Or perhaps you could stay a while. With me? Well... Do you feel that, Gurren? Feel what, Quarantan? Is it getting warm in here? No. I think it is. It definitely isn't. Not even a little bit? Quarantan. Oh, get off your high horse, which is how we met, if you recall. That place for night seeking diversion? The nightclub. Ah, yes, we met night after night by that club. What was that tourney called? Lord Talley's? The sun was shining so strongly the armor was scorching to the touch. We were on fire that day. I don't know, you seemed a bit listless. So were you. Then you hit the lists. You were my first opponent. We charged. You were thrown. Well, so were you. I really fell for you, didn't I? You fell hard. Head over heels. It was a rush. Yes, a bit of a blur. And then, lying in the grass, laughing, with nothing between you and me and the sky, watching the skylark swoop overhead, talking of everything and nothing. You had on that magnificent plumed helm. Well, at, at first. And then, you know, green really is your color. Is that your hand there? Oh, sorry. No, that's me. Don't mind me. Oh, God. Lafren, how long have you been there? Well, for all of it. But you were getting on so well, I didn't want to interrupt. What are you doing down here? I took a wrong turn back around Quarantan the Sixth, he who drank away the light of day. Has no one told you your castle is... Oh, spare me. This isn't what it looks like. Though, of course, you can't see anything. And what, pray tell, were you thinking it looked like? Don't despair, Quarantan. I would have to be willfully blind not to see that there's something between you. Yes, that would be you. Look, can we just sort of... Let's not go accusing anyone of... Being excessively lovable. Well, you're not excessively lovable. 
Wait a moment. Are you saying I'm... Why else do you think the minor lords agreed to put their lands under your protection, my love? I just thought they were really excited to sign the treaty. It was for their mutual benefit. Yes, dearest. People tend to love you. In fact, if I didn't love you so much, I would hate it. Granted, I didn't know the bit about the nightclub. Well, I haven't been within ten feet of a club since I met you. I suppose I shouldn't judge, though I was raised in a nunnery. There was a time when Abbess would probably have argued that you shouldn't have been allowed within ten feet of an abbey either. And yet, here you are, married. Happily. Indeed. But just because we're married doesn't mean we can't be friendly with each other. I've been extending perfectly friendly overtures. The first thing you did was fight Gurin. That was downright affectionate. You would have cast me from your doorstep. Surely, between the three of us, we should be able to come to some sort of an arrangement that doesn't involve swords. Are you fondling my... No. Then what? Someone's being dreadfully dishonest. Who's there? A ghost. I think it's knocked over an old suit of armor. Also a cat. My sincerest apologies if it was your relation. Brannock! How long have you been here? Since Corentine Third. But it's a priest's custom to be discreet when we are in a position to hear confessions. My heart is an open book and I have nothing to confess. Now, Gurren, on the other hand... Has always been honest in all his dealings and, therefore, a much more open book than Corentine. Even so, it seems there's plenty in that book I haven't read yet. Which is why I thought it best not to carry a torch for you, even though Corentine the 10th over there has the perfect sconces and an intriguing Latin inscription. But now that you've apparently said everything you had to say, perhaps I could try to make light. I thought it was just over... My foot! Sorry, it's hard to find the torch without a torch. Oh, why can't you just let me languish alone in this fantastically elegant crypt? Your chatter is enough to rouse the dead. Is that better? No. Well, I don't want to alarm anyone, but what is that smell? What smell? Is it a ghost? A ghost that smells like sweet buns? No one? Yes? Not you two. Can't you see that if I'm going to brood over my tragic solitude, I need to do it in solitude? Yes, sir. But I brought snacks. Fine. You're welcome. Mm, you see, I told you I could handle a lot of pastry. This is my pastry, isn't it? It is now, sir. This is just typical. I came down here to escape from all of you and your inability to stay idle for more than a couple of minutes at a time. And what happens? You all end up following me. But how could we be following you? We were lost. Your castle is a- I'm not deceived. Why else would you have all come down past the double spiraled staircase and the surprising newt pond? You can't stop following my lead. Then perhaps, Lord Corentin, you'd be so good as to lead us out of here. Brannock, have you found the torch? Almost, I think. Aha! Let there be light! Oh dear. These are all your ancestors? In all their gory glory. Well, not all of them, obviously. They'd never fit, even if we buried them standing shoulder to shoulder. I think we were better off in the dark. 
The eyes of Hildegard of the petrifyingly penetrative stare will be forever emblazoned on my mind. And look, there is the Latin. It's just over here, by that carving of a weasel holding up a heart. Please don't tell me Corentin the Tenth actually bore his heart to the world, or trusted it to a weasel. This isn't just a statue. It's a stony, petrified heart. Why would anyone leave a shriveled heart about? Well, why would one leave a skull? Maybe he didn't need it anymore. Maybe Lady Hildegard looked at it. How long has it been since anyone cleaned around here? I really hope that's not a human heart. Well, sorry to disappoint, but I'm pretty sure it belonged to a sheep. How can you be so sure? How many sheep's hearts have you held? In my hands? Well, none. Exactly my point. This one has been stuck with an adder's fang, then soaked in a petrifying well. But what's it for? Is that more Latin at the base? Oh god, I don't have the heart for this. What does it say? Te amo me woka. I love you. Call me. Call me? Like what? Call me back from the dead? Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe it means call upon me if ever you are in need. No, this pictograph seems to say otherwise. Definitely a more, um, intimate type of calling. Well, what did you expect from the tomb of Corentin Tenth? He who would hit on anything, especially when totally soused. There's a bunch of peasants at the gate, sir. They won't go away. Elowan? How long have you been here? Well, sir, all my life, sir. I was born under your west wing. Do the peasants have torches? If there's a mob of them, send them away and charge them for violating the ban on public gatherings. No, there are only two of them, and they didn't bring the usual incendiary devices. But they are waving books and apologizing for not leaving until they see you, sir. It's very strange. That they're being polite? No. Where did they get the books, sir? Uh, I suppose I had better address them. Hear me, oh peasants! I appreciate you a lot, so don't come to my castle expecting me to hear your grievances, for I shall remain sequestered within my place of residence, as should you. In other words, peasants, stay home. But hearing our grievances counts as working from home. It's your duty, O oh Lord, and you can apparently hear us perfectly well from on high. Damn, I knew I should have made these battlements taller. Quarantine, they are observing the measures of solitude. You will note that they are much more than three paces apart, and also wearing face shields. Though whether that lasts for safety or so that you can't find them later, I could not presume to guess. It could well amount to the same thing. I will happily, well, unhappily, hear your grievances once the plague is done. But sir, this must be resolved at once. My fields have been gravely damaged, a great threat to my cabbages. And what of it? Every year you complain of impending perils befalling your cabbages. But there was this object of massive destruction. It befell us from on high. Surely it was an act of God. Or catapult. Are you not insured against war, death, famine, pestilence, and other acts of unforeseen smiting? No, 
Oh! Are you? Pa, my castle hasn't been struck down since the time of Corentin IV of the Flaming Hair, who was also tremendously soused. We vowed we were better off trusting in God after our claim was refused on the grounds that such wanton destruction was neither an act of God nor unforeseeable. Well, your flaming-haired ancestor's catapult caused a tremendous amount of damage to our property. We are the ones at fault, Corentin. They are deserving of reparations. And as it was my idea, I should be accountable. The attack was entirely undeserved. We live in a field of turnips. What do we want turnips for? And why would we want a book? Well, the pictures were pretty explicit. Exactly what I said. We're not a library after all. I ought to chain down the rest of them. The peasants? No, of course not. The books. All right, give us back the books and we won't press charges. But sir, we are the ones aggrieved. It's true, we were only trying to help. But if we're going to help, we should help properly. I suppose I should have foreseen that lobbing missiles at the houses of farm folk might have lacked the personal touch. We should have some sort of compensation for loss of property, loss of income, wages, opportunity. In fact, we believe in a standardized minimum wage, applicable across all sectors. What are you proposing? Waging war over wages? Don't be ridiculous. I am the Lord, and that is my property that you've been damaging. And therefore, I should be suing you for gross negligence and overstaying your welcome. Ah, just add the peasants' expenses to my tab. Tab? Oh, don't talk nonsense. We don't have a tab. Not a chance. Now you'll be forever in my debt, especially with interest. Oh, good. I can take eternal credit. Quarantin, are you telling me that you're actually concerned... About the fate of the peasants? Mostly the cabbages and the turnips. Peasants are a good deal more resourceful and troublesome than cabbages. We will replace your cabbages, good people. Lord Corentin will give you a rent exemption and- He will? Victory! <laughs> See what good comes from presenting a united front? Solidarity to the socially isolated tenants we represent. But, but only to the extent covered by the cabbages. Thank you, Lord Gurren. We love you. Now go home, peasants. It wouldn't hurt you to toss them some crumbs of good faith. You shouldn't burn your bridges. Oh, fine. Have some bread. Here! Well, at least you didn't burn it. I never use that bridge anyway. What was in that bread? Tough love. This is what comes of breaking bread with peasants. Well, I suppose that's better than breaking peasants with bread. Did no one really bake that? Yes, yes, I think she must have. Well, at least the carp will be happy, if they don't break their teeth. Hmm. Corntin, um, back in the crypt earlier, there was something I desperately wanted to ask you, but uh, we were interrupted before I could. Oh, and what was that? Why do you have a rooftop shrubbery? Do you think they've noticed we're missing yet? We've got to hope not. Thank goodness for polite peasant disturbances, or we'd never have any peace. I'm sure they'll be fine without us for a few minutes. Well, mostly sure. I'm not having much luck with this heart. Are you having any luck on that Latin crypt transcription? It's a 
bit cryptic, but cura cord something. Incendis et tibi ardet, spira profunde carissime et consumato salveris totarum curarum transformatione imposita. Are you sure about that, Brother Brannock? There were a few letters missing, but this is incredible. Incredible indeed. Not all of us understand Latin, brother, if you would be so kind. Oh, right. <clears throat> Cure by means of my heart. You set it alight and it burns for you. Take deep breaths, dear one, and the thing having been consumed, may you be cured of all troubles imposed by transformation. Well, I'll admit this is not what I would have expected. You know what this means? I did just translate the thing, Norwin, so yes, provided that reads cure and not curse, this is a panacea that might just be effective against the stotification. Too bad we don't have any stoats to spare. Oh wait, we do. Better check on Grandmama, I think. And you're sure it'll work? There were a few letters missing, but here's what we were able to transcribe. Take care of my heart. You set it alight and it burns for you. Sigh deeply, dearest. And in my destruction, may you be saved from all woes brought about by this change of state. Well, this sounds like a love letter. A very ghastly one. It does, doesn't it? When you put it like that. So no, of course we're not sure. Let's give it a go. Well, I can't think of a more appropriate stoat to test this hearty cure. Grandmama Hecla may even be able to shed a bit of light on all this. She was the wife of Corentin the Tenth, poor man. May he finally rest in peace. Huh. Grandmama Hecla and Corentin the Tenth. I never would have guessed. But now suddenly I see you come by it honestly. Grandmama, it's your dearly beloved grandson, Corentin. We may have found a cure. All you need to do is inhale the smoke of this piece of shriveled sheep's heart. Brannock, move that candle closer. We need to set this on fire. She doesn't sound thrilled. Just try it. Not too close. If you set my grandmama on fire... She'd be properly incensed? Quarantine! It worked. Open this door at once! We're doomed! Quarantine, bane of my line, how dare you remove your grandfather's heart? It was down there for a reason. Ye yes, we were rather wondering why. It was meant to prevent his spirit from rising. What? But it's not even his heart, it's a sheep's heart. What did you think? Think, you foppish fool, that he was going to have his own heart petrified? It's a charm to keep away ghosts. If his restless spirit starts roaming about, wooing everyone within sight, and giggling in your garderobes, you will only have yourself to blame. It helped restore you... Nonsense. My own iron constitution helped me. Now, convey me back to my castle. Hear me now, Tuzan, my scribe. It has been a day of great and troubling revelations. On the bright side, I may have found a panacea. And on the downside, I have used it to cure Grandmama, who, on the bright side, has decided that this castle is the last place she wants to stay. And now, having possibly aroused a ghost, let us hope we have not made a grave mistake.
Thank you for listening to Quarantine in Quarantine. Featuring David Lone as Quarantine, Sandra Mills as Lefran, Chris Langdon as Gurren, Julia Wilson as Norwin, and Karen Murray Birdquist as Brannock. This episode also featured Aaron Scothorn as Tazet, Patrick Lewis as Eluan, James Din as Dennis, Chris Langdon as The Stoat, Caroline Bowden as Emma and Grandmama Heckler, and Persephone as Edmund the Cat. The episode was written by Aaron Scothorn and Karen Murray Bergquist, and the music was written and performed by Sophie Resnick. You can find us on Instagram at Quarantine in Quarantine, and the link to our coffee page is in the description below. We are also featured on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so please like, subscribe, leave a review, and share the love. Neither cats nor ghosts were harmed in the making of this episode. <laughs>